right. Good morning, everybody. Glad you guys are awake this morning. Doesn't it feel good to be awake? Good. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. Anybody in love with Jesus this morning? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. These guys aren't on vacation. <laughs> oh, give me trouble, will you? There we go. Technology has a mind of its own. Well, hey, I, a, a couple of a couple of announcements that I have for you. Um, one, I want to greet our online community. Thank you guys for being here. Comment. Let us know that you're here online. Uh, we also have a uh, have a reminder for Father's Day next weekend, right? Next weekend's Father's Day weekend, but it's also a Sunday fun day for our kids and. And just with a lighthearted uh, spirit, I wanted to show you a little highlight from our previous fun Sunday fun day. And so if you will, let's, let's play that. This is highly engaging. <laughs> I mean, didn't quite make it. Good effort, though. That was a really good effort. <clears throat> Maybe next time, buddy. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> So that's what you get to see, <laughs> and then, so uh, parents bring your kids, uh, dress them up pro accordingly as well, knowing that they're going to leave here wet, hot, and uh, full, ready for a good nap. And so you can thank us later for that. Uh, I always appreciate a, a, my children having a really good nap after church. But also, as uh, as as Nicole was saying, tonight is next steps. If you've never been through next steps, it's a great time to go through next steps to find your next step and find out more about us as a Thrive, as a church, and then you discover your gifts as well. And so uh, we're all about removing roadblocks, but also helping every person with waypoints for those next steps. And, and then as a men's conference as well, hey, we're, we are giving away several things. Uh, there's a smoker, uh, an electric smoker that's going to be given away, a big 40 can uh, Arctic cooler. There's a AK. I mean, AR-15. Not AK-40. AR-15. Come on, somebody. So bring some guys, dudes. Bring some guys to this thing, and that's just the, the beginning of the list. And so, a lot of fun activities going on. There's gonna be a domino tur tournament right here. Fishing, axe throwing, javelin throwing. There's cornhole. There's golf challenge. I mean, you name it, we got it. It's happening, and uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun that night. So great speakers coming in, and from out of town. Uh, uh, Scott Crenshaw from Fort Worth, talked with him this week. He's excited about being able to be here. Sam Cumbie from Behind the Veil is going to be speaking in the first. And uh, we got some fun worship, a lot of fun, fun worship, truly fun. And then Motion Student Conference. Don't forget uh, your students up to 25 years old. Man, we, we really want to get them plugged into this, not only this, our student ministry, but to this conference to get them uh, kind of, hey, Sunday, uh, summer's over. It's coming to an end. Let's get ready for the next season of life. And so that's filling up, if you will. Come on, keep registering, sending your kids, and, and we want to we wanna get them a really dose of Jesus. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that for us as adults uh, because we have a lot of great conversation lately. Um, I'm preparing for a next, se next series, and I've been asking staff and, and others, some, the guys that I meet with on Thursday morning, about what they know or questions that they have about the Holy Spirit. And so I know you have a lot of questions, too. We're using those to build a series so that you can have a better understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and why he is so impactful for your life. And that's going to start in the beginning of July, just after July 3rd. So it's exciting. Come ready for that one. 
uh, but we're in our series, All Things New. How, who has their, I see one right now, who has your little handout, your little booklet, I see two, three, I see, I see that one, we got four now, come on Matthew, there we go, five now, okay, we got five, now, here's the next challenge, who's been filling in the blanks the whole time? One, two, hey, <laughs> we're under 50%. <laughs> And well under 50% on who is actually using this thing. But I'm telling you, I can't say it enough, that if you will, there's series like this that we go, we really, we are really intentional on building uh, for you that I'm telling you, if you just took these and studied these, kept them in your, near your Bibles, under your Bible, with your Bible, when you start to open it up, the Pain to Purpose series that we have, that's one for your spiritual journey that will change your life and help you grow. This be added, this one on all things new. I, I assure you, if you keep this with you and you do a, a devotion, you continue to reflect on this and allow the inner working of the Holy Spirit to take place in you, you will grow in the Lord. You will experience the Lord and his favor on much higher levels. I, I, I assure you. And so we do that for that purpose, to give you things that will actually, it's actually content that applies to your everyday so that you don't continually have to struggle through situations and seasons. You actually get to grow with the answers that are in God's word that have been breaking, broken down, cookies on the bottom shelf style, and all I got to do is say, you know what, I'm going to be teachable, I'm going to be pliable in the hands of the Lord, and I'm just going to apply his principles as a truth for me. And when I do, what happens is, and I'm giving you my story, what happens is I get enough true new truth for me that God graciously allows me to work within. So what that means is I get a new truth and I don't quite grasp it, but I don't discount it because if it's from the Lord and it's according to his word, I need to accept it so God graciously gives me time and I take time to see how does that truth apply to this area of my life? Okay, now how does that same truth apply to this situation and this season and this circumstance? So what happens is like, like a plant, we know plants, we can see we grow within the environment of the new truth in which we've, we've embraced and we've come to understand. And that's why we do these booklets for you so that you can grow within new truths of God's word so that you can become a more full believer, follower of Jesus, and truly on, I mean, it really benefiting it through this spiritual journey. And so I know there's a lot to it, but guys, that's why we do it. So Matthew 5 is where the Beatitudes start. And that's what all things new is about. Jesus is giving us his speech. He's, he's preaching his first sermon as we, as we know it. He's from 5, 6, and 7 of chapters Matthew, Matthew's, uh, chapters of Matthew. He's, he's, he's just laying it all out there. And so uh, we, I'm going ref, to uh, reflect a little bit on what we've gone through we started with Matthew 5, 3, said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this is what the Bible is saying. Blessed, blessed is the person who realizes that they are utterly destitute without Jesus. Like, I'm bankrupt until I find Jesus. I find, I've tried it all, and I, don't, and I have nothing until Jesus. And so Jesus comes in, he steps in for us, and he pays that debt. And then we talked about verse 4, which is week 2. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. A situation happens. Life happens, right? So we go through this, this, this series of shock. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. 
Then sorrow. Then that's the healthy part. There's grieving that takes place, and that it's healthy to grieve. In fact, it's unhealthy to not properly grieve and allow the inner working of the Holy Spirit to, to work with you through your grief. If we stay there too long and we don't begin to accept the scenarios and receive from the Lord in that season, it'll, it can turn into hyper-grieving, which makes way, it gives space for the enemy of our soul to begin to prepare or put in uh, false truths in our lives. So I haven't, I haven't come to the place where I just surrender. So there's shock and there's sorrow. And then finally, we're, we're struggling with this thing. We're, and, and in that place, if we're, if we, depending on which branch we go, if we're hyper-grieving, when we start to struggle, we get really angry. You ever met an angry person? <laughs> and it turns bitter and then resentful. And all of a sudden, just, just we would say in Spanish, enojada or enojado. Mad, just angry. Why are, you, why are you so mad? I don't know. I don't know what I'm at. <laughs> Life has passed so much that I forgot what got me there, and I never did fully heal from this shock, sorrow, struggle, and now I don't know how to go to the next phase. Well, it's going to require surrender. We talked about surrender. Okay, I'm just going to yield to the Lord. Okay, your way, Lord. Your, your way. You let me know what I need to know because I, I, what I'm doing, what I chose is not getting it. And so we start to process things with the Lord his way, and then he, that's called the process of sanctification. The fifth S in this situation. Sanctification is kind of where he, he just, he's cleaning us up continually, and he's using circumstances. And oftentimes, if you'll think about this, he, he gives us moments of grace and favor, and all, all things are rainbows and butterflies. And the clouds are always perfectly aligned to give you shade or, 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 or not shade, however you want the sun to be that day. But then there are seasons where he takes us to the edge of ourselves so that we can see where we're at in areas of our life and areas of growth. And it's almost like, okay, now at that place, we can scrape some of the sludge off of the inner man, the old man. We can start to kind of graft off this dead skin. Anybody ever had to do a skin grafting? Not pleasant. Hurtful, right? Painful. Uh, and, and so, but it has to happen because it's getting that toxic stuff off of you that cleans you up to prepare for regeneration and new healing. And that's, this, is, this is God's word right here. He's regenerating us continually through this process of sanctification, if we'll so allow, which moves us towards his ultimate goal, goal and George is wearing it on his shirt, the service. Now, now I'm starting to serve. From all that, from my sorrow, my, stru- my shock, my struggle, I've learned my, san- my surrender, my sanctification. Now it's, I'm serving out of that. So I'm comforting others with the same comfort in which I've been comforted. This is scripture. And so God takes us. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for the hard times because that's my ministry. That's where, that's where I start to minister out of is the healing of my hard times. And so that, that was all in the second week. And then third week, blessed are the meek. Joey spoke for us when our elder Joey over here spoke for us. Blessed are the meek, so they shall they for they shall inherit the earth. And a couple of things he mentioned is is it's strength meekness is strength under control. Another one I heard him mention was humility is is not thinking more highly of yourself than you ought, or more lowly than yourself. So just right where you are, I'm, I, here's just who I am. Here's where I am in, in my life right now. And I can humbly walk, I can with meekness, with all meekness, walk through life with this attitude and with this heart, this heart attitude. And so then we went into verse 6 of Matthew 5. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. 
Anybody remember what's talking about the story of Solomon in writing the book of Ecclesiastes? He tried all these different ways. Well, maybe it's this way that I find happiness. Maybe it's this way that I find peace. Maybe it's that way that I find joy. Maybe if I just do this, I'll really be content in my life. And when it comes down to the end of it, he basically said, well, it all comes down to this. Hear God, listen to him, obey, and just do what he says. Do what God says and you'll be most blessed. This, is, this was the result of, of Solomon's journey through Ecclesiastes. And, and then we said, uh, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. That's verse 7. Mercy is not giving someone what they deserve. Well, you deserve this, but instead, I'm just going gonna, gonna to forbear it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give it a pass. I'm going to let it go. I'm, I'm not going to make a thing of it. I'm not going to act like you owe me anything or I... I'm certainly not going to give punishment either. And so mercy, just being merciful towards others. And, and it's a, it's a, it, is a, it is a benefit that produces a desired outcome for God. And so as we apply that, we, one thing we mentioned, two things we mentioned to be able to give mercy or be merciful is to remind ourselves how merciful God is to us. <laughs> because we, had, we, we deserve a lot, a lot worse. We deserved a lot worse. But Jesus stepped in. And, and the mercy was, we, didn't, we, we don't get the punishment of death. That's what we would deserve. The grace is we get salvation. So grace is getting something that you actually beyond what you don't deserve. And it's a benefit that, that you get that you, didn't, you never deserve. And then if we think, we, we said this, if we think we can earn God's forgiveness, we'll make others earn our forgiveness. And so it's not works-based. And we'll talk a little bit more about that today in today's Beatitude. And then also we said one way to be able to be merciful is remember all of us are going to face God one day. We're going to stand in the presence of God in the white throne judgment, the great white throne judgment. And this is, okay, you're saved, but were you merciful as I was merciful towards you? Did you give away what was so freely given to you? And we're going to have to answer that question. And so that helps us to be merciful in our situations. Maybe not perfect in the beginning, but we come back around and be, be merciful. Uh, so we're called to show mercy to these four people, these four directions, to those who make mistakes, to those who let us down, to those who are far from God, and then showing mercy to our own selves, which we, just, we, we realize that is the, sometimes the hardest, to be merciful towards ourselves. And so we said a statement is, I love it because it's always a reality, disappointment is in the gap between expectation and reality. Sometimes we have too lofty of expectations for others, and the reality is they're just not there yet. And so in the middle of that is our disappointment, our great disappointment, and it's a difficulty for us to be merciful in that gap. And so maybe with mercy, what it does, it, it is a catalyst that produces a, a, a narrows the gap between expectation and reality, which actually cushions and comforts and says, you know what, here's my expectations, here's the reality, but maybe we can figure out how to get there together. Mercy. Mercy delivers that. So blessed are the pure in heart is today. Blessed are the pure in heart. And as I was, I was working a few weeks ago, we had just started this series and I'm just kind of meditating through every one of these verses, and, and how how, do we gonna, how are we going to break these down? And I'm uh, Greg. Do y'all know Greg? He's not here right now. That's true. Anybody know that guy? Okay, so Greg, we love him to death. And uh, you don't have to ha you don't you don't have to be close to Greg to hear Greg. 
you just hear him. And so he, he just has a presence like that. And, and so I was in a house, a little project. I was in a house, and I, and I heard Greg talking. He was out working uh, uh, around the property, and he was talking to another renter that I have on the property. And, and, and just knowing and watching and seeing and recognizing, I, I, my, my guess is this person is far from God. And so Greg asked him, how you, how he's, how you doing? And so he asked him, how you doing? And, and, I, and I'm assuming, because I couldn't hear the other guy, the guy asked, uh, how are you doing? Because Greg's response was, oh, I'm great. I'm working for God or working for Jesus. And in that moment, I thought, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And, and, and there's no, more, no one that I know that has more a pure heart than Greg and I, when I hear that, I'm thinking that's probably exactly what this guy needed to hear. That somebody is so such a pure heart, just says, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it as unto the Lord. Man, what a great, a great response. Matthew 5, 8 is, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And God has been all about blessings since the, the, the beginning of time of man's, man's time on earth. Genesis 1, uh, God blesses Adam and Eve, and he gives them a command to be fruitful and multiply. Genesis 12, we see Abraham, the father of our faith, the, the, the faith lineage in which we walk into when we find salvation through Jesus Christ. He's the father of our faith. And so God blessed him. He blessed him in many ways. But he blessed him also. He says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. And so what, what we see is, as God has also blessed Abraham, he's blessed him to be a blessing, not just to be blessed. And it's the same for you and I. I'm blessed not to be just blessed. I'm blessed to be a blessing to others who need a blessing passed on to them. And then Abraham's son, Isaac, was blessed. J Isaac's son, Jacob, was blessed. He wrestled with the angel of the Lord and and he, he kind of came out walking with a limp. He lost that battle. But the angel blessed him in the process of changing him. And even more, more so, the Israel, the nation that we know as Israel, came from Jacob, came from this lineage, came from Abraham, a very blessed, a very blessed nation. Israel has the favor of God on them. Now, uh, God changed uh, Jacob's name to Israel, and you see this transition uh, throughout Scripture. And so, bless, he blessed them. Then, then, uh, then uh, Jacob had 12 sons, all of them blessed, the 12 tri tribes of Israel, all blessed, uh, all the way to King David, blessed, and then onward through the cross, blessed. And there was a blessing from God for those who kept covenant with God, and it's this, it was, that's the Old Testament, and it's the same in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, Jesus is bringing about a new covenant, and that, that blessing from Abraham passes through the cross by way of covenant, and as we come to salvation with Christ, we're in covenant with Christ, and so God's word is, his pattern is that he blesses those who are in covenant with Jesus Christ. And then here in this moment, on the Sermon on the, the, Sermon on the Mount, as we know it, this is the first message that Jesus begins to preach. This is his first, his is pastoral inauguration. He's, I'm about now, I'm, I'm here, I'm about to give, a, give a, a preaching message. And so what he begins to talk on, we see in Matthew 5, the first conversation is all about blessed. Blessed are they. Blessed is he. Blessed are they when. Blessed. You see the pattern, the line of the blessings from the time Adam and Eve in the garden to now Jesus restoring 
restoring what was lost in the garden, and he's talking about blessings, and he's talking about how you and I can be blessed. And so makarios is this word blessed that he's mentioning. It's an inner and an undescribable inner joy that it's found in the most unlikely places. Well, I would think joy would be found over here, but Jesus says, well, let me make some things new for you. It's actually going to be found here. It's, it's this happiness that the world can't understand, and even the church has struggled to be able to accept and even receive. Because it takes a, a different level of faith and a different level of trust and a different, level, a, di- a different way of seeing life. And it's a seeing life from God's perspective rather than our own human perspective, which is the biggest battle for all of us. Well, I think this. Well, God's word says, it says this. And so it's a little bit like, the, so not, these are nine qualities for our lives that have divine blessing for us if we'll focus in on them and we'll be intentional on applying them to our everyday situations, our circumstances in all areas of our lives. And it's, it's, it's like the, there's nine uh, parts of the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. There's nine attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. There's nine. And then there's many spiritual gifts, Right? Well, there's these nine beautiful attitudes that will guide us towards more favor and God's blessing on our lives if we'll just by obedience and humility, hear, believe, and obey, and walk these and apply these things to our everyday situation. And we know he's not going to be perfect, but as we come around back to it, that's where God is doing a work. I got to the edge of myself. I acted like this in this situation, but that's not who I really want to be, and that's where the beatitude begins to take heart, take root, and begins to, as we apply it, begins to change this inner man from the old into the new. And so that's what we're all striving for. That's called sanctification as well. So if you could imagine, if you've ever seen like uh, outer, uh, inner, or what's that play? Any kind of movie where you're, they're, they're in outer space, I think Sandra Bullock did one. Matthew McConaughey did one. I know you ladies saw that one. And so that, <laughs> I'm just, I, I love space. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's like those little, those little rockets that are on those ships, and they have those little, little bursts, little, little uh, retro thrusters, right? And it's like, psh, 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 just minor adjustments to kind of land that thing and to be safe. And this is what these attributes, these beautiful attitudes really are, just, just little, little retro th- thrusters that just kind of keep us right, keep us adjusted correctly, if you will. And so I'm trying to use that for an analogy for you. But one thing we have to know uh, as we approach these beatitudes is that we approach them already forgiven. Fully forgiven, we, we approach these beatitudes or blessed are you when you do these things from a completely forgiven standpoint. And when we come to Jesus, he takes a heart of stone that's inside of us because of our hardness and our doubt, and, and he begins to replace it with a heart of flesh. This is his word. And he says, blessed are the pure in heart, not perfect, but our identity is in Christ, meaning my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life I now live, I live by faith, Meaning, I'm human, there's a human side to me that's going to mess up, but there's also this spiritual side to me that is connected to the throne room of grace that says, hey, there's a better way, let's do this, let's do it this way. And if I lean into that guy, that space a little bit more, and I begin to, by, by obedience, begin just to uh, apply the truths of his beatitudes, my beatitude be changing. 
It may not be at first, <laughs> but it will in time as I begin to humbly surrender to the principles of God's word. And, and so blessed are the pure in heart. Uh, Philippians 2, 15, this is Paul writing to the Philippian church. It says that you may be blemish and innocent, uh, blameless rather and innocent. Blameless. And Adam and Eve had an innocence before they fell into disobedience. There was a purity, a, a humility, a complete surrender to their hearts. Children, he says, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights into the world. And Jesus' blood cleanses every blemish from our lives. Every blemish, completely pure when we come to Christ, completely forgiven, past, present, and future sins. I'm going to lean into that a little bit later. Forgiven. You're not 65% forgiven and working hard for the next 35%. You're not at 80% level. No, you're forgiven. You're just forgiven. And Jesus was the, he was able, he's able to do this because he was the lamb without blemish. So if you, if you don't know, you need to realize that today you are already forgiven. We just have yet to receive the fullness, oftentimes, of that forgiveness. It's like having had a bank transfer of finances into your account, but you just haven't made a draw on that account yet. Like, it's there. There's some areas of your life that you will not allow yourself to be forgiven yet because of the own mer you haven't allowed mercy to take place in your own life for yourself, and so you haven't received the forgiveness that's already in your account. Or the human side has lived out some sin, and you're holding yourself in contempt or someone else, and you just haven't gone to the bank to withdraw some forgiveness. Y'all get it? And so it's keeping us from the fullness of who God says we are and understanding that we are children of God and that he sees us as pure from the time that we get saved. He does give instructions, and what he's saying is, now don't, now don't go get tainted up and mixed up and, and impure yet again. Don't go back to the same things in the same ways, in the same mentality in which you are living. And I'm going to change, the, change this up on what you think Paul is talking about. Anything that's mixed with something, anything that's pure is mixed with something else that is not of the same makeup, it becomes impure. It's tainted. And so Paul is saying, we're starting out with a pure, pure with God, so don't get all mixed up. Don't get back into the old mentality. And there's three things that will taint a pure heart. And you think, I already know, you're going towards, yep, it's sin. It's doing this, it's doing that, it's, it's all out disobedience, but I'm going to give you three things that are actually the root cause of all of those things, and we focus on the fruit, but in God's Word, He really wants us to deal with the root of the issue, and those three things are doubt, fear, and unbelief. Doubt, fear, and unbelief. This is the way you were before you came to Christ. I doubt it. I don't know. I may have to lose a lot. It's more about what I'm going to give up instead of what I'm going to gain. And then, you know, I just don't even think there is a God. And I don't think God can fix my situation. Fa doubt, fear, and unbelief. And he's saying, don't go back to these things. This was your mentality before you were purified with the blood of Jesus, the, the, the unblemished blood of Jesus. So when it comes to doubt, it's easy for us to begin to take an analytical approach to God. Well, I need to understand it first before I can accept it. 
When we do that with doubt, then we begin to remove the key aspect of this walk with God, and that's faith. Well, I can't overanalyze something and yet still have faith, but here's what I can do. If I'll just lean in and choose by faith to begin to accept the principles and the truths of God's word, my analytical mind can then begin to break down exactly how this faith works, and then I can be a blessing to others. This is where our teachers start to come from. I don't have to, I don't have to, you don't have to prove it to me first for me to believe it. By faith, I'm going to believe, but then I get access to be able to prove the very truths of God's word. And so it works to our benefit on the other side of faith. And it's one thing to doubt a pastor or, 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 or a speaker or someone who's communicating and talking about the gospel or talking about the Bible, but to doubt God is a completely different situation. And several times, I'm telling you, several times this week, I've got a phone calls. Pastor Nathan, or messages, Pastor Nathan, so-and-so and so-and-so, such-and-such and such-and-such, this, this, and this is happening. Well, I, I just want to remind you, I'm not saying so, I told you so, but this was the counsel that we gave you. Well, I know, but always an excuse as to why we didn't follow godly counsel, and now we're in a, a difficult situation, and now I want you to get me out of it. Well, I'm sorry, maybe, maybe God is allowing you to deal with the consequences of your situation because you're unwilling to listen to godly counsel. But here's what I would do, and every time, here's what I would do, but it's up to you at this point. At some point, we've got to realize that God has actually put in godly counsel to be able to help guide us and strengthen us. And, and beyond the human part, there's a spiritual aspect that God just begins to grace his leadership, his authorities with just wisdom that is beyond them to help lead and guide us all. Once I surrendered to that right there, I began to grow. Like life began to change for me and, and benefit for me. And, but maybe we doubt God's testimonies are true though. Well, you know what? I know it says that in scripture, but I don't know how that can really work in my life. I don't know that he would do the same for me because he barely even knows me. Well, he's, you're a child of God. And he, he, he has the same benefits and the same favor for all of his children, for you, for you, for you, for me. There's no benefit that's different from one to the next. The blessings are the same for all of those who walk in covenant with God. There's a religion aspect that keeps us from that full understanding. We struggle in that space. But when we have doubt, fear, and unbelief in our hearts, we don't even see when God's moving in the room. We miss him with, when he attempts to set us free uh, for us or set us up for blessings in our trials. Because of the impurity, because of the, the blindness, because of the fear, the doubt, and the unbelief, all of a sudden God can be working in this room and I don't see him. I don't have space for it because of my, because of my unwillingness. So blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. I'm going to give you a, a couple of a three points, how-tos. And uh, so here's how to sustain a pure heart. Number one is be quick to believe. Be quick to believe. I don't know if you remember if you were here on Easter Sunday, old Cleophas, one of the disciples that you don't hear much about, was walking with another disciple to the road, the road of Emmaus. And as they were walking, Jesus showed up in his resurrected body, and they're like, hey, have you heard the news, all this stuff to happen? Like, they, they, they crucified Jesus, this guy who we were sure that was going to be the Messiah. And, and I know, you know, the, the ladies have said that he's not in the tomb, so I, who knows what's going on, and I can't believe this is happening. And they're doing all this in a negative tone. And they didn't, they didn't recognize Jesus. 
He was right in front of them. He couldn't see. They couldn't see him. Follow me. They sat there and listened to the teachings of Jesus. And they're complaining that Jesus went to the cross. And, and he says this, Luke 24, 25. Oh, slow of heart to believe. All that the prophets have spoken. He's sitting there telling them, listen, you've been studying the scriptures all your life. The prophets have been speaking about the Messiah going to die, being resurrected for salvation. You, you've been studying the testimonies of God and you're complaining that it actually happened? Fear, doubt, unbelief. Oh, you slow to heart to believe. I've been in other countries, and I've watched God move in the room, and he's blessing people. He's, he's sitting there bringing miracles, healings. Things are just taking place. There's people standing around them that all of a sudden they're in that environment, and all they're, seeing, they're seeing it happen. And so those testimonies begin to bleed over into their life, and all of a sudden God begins to bless them. I've seen it. I've watched it. But I've also been in those spaces and I've watched where God is blessing someone and he's, he's doing a miracle in their heart and he's, he's, he's working a, a, a healing and there's still somebody's, you have to prove it to me for me to believe that. And they can't see God at work. They completely miss God in the room because of fear, doubt, and unbelief. But blessed are the pure in heart because they will see God. And we are such an intellectual society that we have, we have to be convinced about God on every situation, every one of his attributes, every one of his capabilities. Oh, you got to prove that to me. Oh, yeah, they did that? Yeah, right. Let me see. i got to see it before I can believe it. And we're almost committed to be unpersuadable, saying, well, there's got to be a reason for that. There must be a logical reason. There's no way that Jonah could end up in the belly of a whale. That's right. It's utterly impossible. But God. And this is a tainted and impure heart that will always miss God, even when he's right there in front of you. I was praying over a lady in Brazil with a discolored eye one time, and it was just like this. The worship team was up, and she was right, came forward, and there were several, several of us praying for her. She had one eye, and I believe it was green, and the other one was gray. No color in it at all, no, no visibility. As we were praying for her, and she was just ready, receiving, just, oh, Lord, I just want what you have for me. All of a sudden, you start to see from the middle out, color start to come into her eye. And she was saying, I can see 10%, 20%, it's starting to get blurry, 30%. And you're starting to see God right there in the room working on this lady. And these, and these things were happening all over the room. Another man had jumped up, not jumped, but came up out of a wheelchair, and he walks out of that room. He had some stilts. We got him some stilts, but he walked out of that room, and he had been bound to that wheelchair for decades. The blessings of the Lord were moving because they were pure in heart. They'd know, they'd, there was no room for fear, doubt, and unbelief. Here's the situation. We in America, we have a lot of financial resources and opportunities we can take advantage of. But in some of these third world countries, they don't have that. They need a move of God. They need a move of God for something to ch change in their lives because the, the, the resources we have are not available. So blessed are the pure in heart because they get to see God do some fun stuff. So it's trusting, they're trusting in God's attributes. They're trusting that he is healer, that that is one of his names. And they can hold him to that. And they can trust him at that. 
uh, Naomi yesterday was playing, running on the couches and, and fell and slipped and, and uh, caught herself on the corner of our coffee table, scared her. She immediately came and jumped in my lap, and, and she said, I'm so sorry, Daddy. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just want to stay with you. I just want to stay with you. And that's a pure heart right there, and that's how you and I should be. It's whenever things aren't happening, we're, we're confused about life, and it hurts a little bit, that fear, doubt, and unbelief can't, can't, can't be a roadblock for us. We need to run to our Daddy. I just want to be with you, Daddy. I just need some time with you. I need you to work on this right here because I'm hurting. I scared myself a little bit. I'm not sure how this situation is going to work out, but I know I'm safe in your presence. I know I'm safe with you. I know you're a healer. I know you're a provider. I know you as this. That is, we've got to get to a place where we understand and we trust the attributes of God. The disciple Thomas, he was a prime suspect. You'll know, a doubting Thomas. You'll hear, if you've never heard it, hear this, he was known as Doubting Thomas. Uh, Even after being told Jesus was alive, he said this in John 20, 25, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my fingers into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Good Lord. I walked with this guy. Thomas, Thomas had walked with Jesus three years, heard the parables, and had, and had been taught on why Jesus must go to the cross. And Thomas watched the death of Jesus, and then his heart was tainted with unbelief. So we, too, go from a simple childlike faith. When it, and, and when it, that takes, to, takes us to new places or new seasons with God, then we don't understand. I don't understand this part. I don't understand what's going on here. We don't understand everything. And instead of keeping that childlike faith, we begin to move towards doubt. And God just took, the, took us through a miraculous season. He just took us through some great things. And all of a sudden, we get into something else we don't understand. Like, I don't know how this is going to work out. How did the last one work out? Fear, doubt, unbelief. And then when the, when the 12 spies were sent into the promised land, 10 of them back, came back like, nope, man, they're big. There's some big dudes over there, giants. Two of them, two of them came back and said, yeah, we got this. With, with God, if this is his plan and he's sending us into the promised land, we, we've, we have this. You know what God said about the 10 spies? He says that they had a evil hearts of unbelief. Dang. Hebrews 3.12 says, take care, brothers. Lest there be any, in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. Don't let fear, doubt, and unbelief begin to taint your heart. That's who you used to be. But in Christ, in this covenant, you can trust your God. You can trust him to work. So for me, Pastor Nathan, I have to watch with new challenges and big decisions that have to be made. Am I allowing fear, doubt, and unbelief keeping me from seeing into the future to, for, for really embracing the vision or the direction that God has for me? Am I allowing those things to control me? Because if so, I'm living, out of, I'm living out of my flesh. And that's an evil, unbelieving heart. That's harsh. But that's how it is with God's people because he's called us into other things and he's blessed us for other things and he's blessed us to be a blessing. And are they influencing me or am I recognizing them and I'm maneuvering beyond them with faith, recognizing these could be roadblocks, but here's where God's saying we go. Or am I avoiding them and trusting the Lord 
at his simple word. Uh, last Friday, Friday night, we were sitting there talking with Pete. Pete asked me, did you ever, did you, were you ever afraid whenever you started the church? And at first, my response was no, but I started reflecting over the weekend. Like, you know what? Actually, I, I was afraid. I was afraid nobody would show up. <laughs> I was afraid, right? I was afraid it wouldn't work. But those were fears. But then I was, my greatest fear was that I would miss God and I wouldn't do what he was calling me to do. And so when we show up on Sundays and I'm watching this worship team this morning and I'm like, that is exactly why God put it in our hearts to start this church. The fear is, I don't want to miss God. And that's a healthy fear. That's called a reverent fear, a holy fear of God. I don't want to miss you. And I know you're saying to do it. I would rather lean on the side of it not working, knowing and believing that I heard you than me walking away from it because I'm a little too intrepid. Y'all feel me? And even though every thought that comes across your mind that says, this is not going to work out, you're in trouble, let me just tell you, right then, devil, you're a liar. Devil, you're a liar. You are a liar, devil, right then. So number two is quick to believe. Quick, I'm sorry, quick to forgive. Number one, quick to believe, quick to forgive. And I like to hike, so, but when I go up on a hike, a mountain, all the times the, you have to drink from the streams. Streams are toxic. There's toxins in them. There's bacteria. Sometimes there's uh, maybe pastures that are up, up creek from there. And you know how it is. The stuff wa- washes in from the pastures, whether it's fertilizer of natural or unnatural. And so you just can't drink that water. You get sick. It, it just doesn't work out well for you. So I take this little Sawyer filter, and I, uh, I get water in it, and I filter. It filters, filters all the micro, uh, microorganisms out of it. So it's it's as pure as it is when it comes from the source, its original source. But if I leave that toxicity in there, then it messes up me on the inside. Well, it's the same with forgiveness, unforgiveness. If I go through life and I allow the toxins and the toxicity of unforgiveness to reside and remain in my heart, then what I'm going to do, I'm going re- to allow other people, I'm going to cause other people to drink from a toxic river. The rivers of living water that flow through me are going to be tainted with toxicity of unforgiveness and every attribute that comes with it. But when I'm quick to forgive, I filter those toxins out of my heart. And as scripture says, one, he says, uh, sorry, I'm going to go to Proverbs 4.23. Let me skip right here. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. So I got to keep a really tight heart check on this thing because I I can easily put toxins into the environment. But I can easily purify the toxins that are in the environment as long as I'm streaming from the rivers of living water. And so quick to forgive in situations. And when you're born again, you receive love. And let me tell you, we say, it, man, it's so hard to forgive. I don't know how I'm going to forgive. I can't forgive. What do you mean? Because when you were forgiven, love entered into your heart. And all the love that you need, everything that you need to forgive... It is love, and you have, you have access to all the love in this universe. And so I have to give away the very thing that I've received because i got to keep this pure. Because blessed are the pure in heart because they will see God. And I need to see when God begins to enter into the room with me. I need to know when God is, 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 at, is sitting there with me doing my Bible study. I need to know when I'm in a relationship, a friendship, and God begins to enter into that situation I need to not let fear create division in my life. Because the opposite of fear is not faith. It's love. Because love casts out all fear. And so if I can't forgive, I have a fear that my outcome, the desired outcome that I want, 
may not take place. Or they may be, may, may be let off the hook. No. I'm releasing love into the atmosphere so that God can do whatever he wants to do with them and I can be off the hook. I don't need that stuff. I don't want to put toxins into the environment. Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, pure heart, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. And I just want to, I, got, I know I was working on this and I, I don't know if it's this service or next service, but I believe there's two people, and there may be multiple, but there's two, two issues God wants to heal today. One of them is a back pain, and the other one's an upper chest pain. And I want to tell you right now, if you'll, if you'll go through the process of forgiving whoever God is putting on your heart in this time, you know who you are, then God's going to remove that pain too. Because the toxins in your body that are caught up from unforgiveness, they're causing a pain. And you're trying to deal with the pain, and God's trying to deal with the, re- the source. He's trying to purify the source, the living water that's flowing through you, and it's going to come through forgiveness. So quick to believe, quick to forgive, quick to repent. While we are in right standing with God and all is forgiven, we still, we're positionally good with God, but relationally is where repentance comes in. Because if I... If I, allow, if I allow repentance, time of repentance begin to be too great, my heart begins to harden, calcify the stuff that I haven't dealt with that's in my heart towards others, towards me, towards situations, begins to harden my heart. And scripture talks about a hard heart. And then I become self-righteous because I'm right. Yeah, I'm right. Got a call early Friday morning and that's my Sabbath, by the way. I'm trying to rest. The guy starts laying into me because of some other incident that happened in his driveway, and the, the truck ended over in my, one of my properties. And I, hey, man, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know who this is, like who, the, who the, the, the owner of the car is that you're talking about. I have no clue about this. And he continued to re, re, reiterate what he said, and he goes, this ain't going to happen again. Mercy left the building. I continue to let him know, while you, while you may think I have a white collar, my neck is very red. <laughs> he called back later and said, man, I'm, I'm, we're good. I'm sorry. We're good. And I said, we're good. I'm sorry. Hey, we can work this out. We can be very neighborly. It doesn't need to go there. But let's, let's, let's handle this a little differently. You know, jerk first, the boundaries of myself, and then the who I really need to be attitude starts to take place, right? And in that humility, God can really work and he can really transform a heart. He can transform a mind. He can transform an attitude. He can bless me. And then I can be a blessing to those around me. That's how he works. Not perfect. Not gonna get it right every time. But he brings it back around. Too much time between repentance gives, away, gives way to a hard heart. So daily, I'm like, oh, Lord, I want to be very sensitive to God. I want to be very sensitive to his spirit. I want to be very sensitive to his presence. I want to make sure I'm not crossing any lines. They're going to taint this thing right here. They're going to cause me to have truths that I live out that just, they aren't concrete, foundational with his word. I don't want to mess it up. 
but I also don't want to be religious. It's a fine line. Fine line. I want to pray for you today, especially want to pray for those who you hear or hear and know, man, yeah, I got this back pain. I wasn't putting two and two together. I got this chest pain, yeah, and, it, and it's right around in here. I can feel it for you even now. So if you will, pray with me. If that's you, Father, right now I ask that you forgive me first. And I repent for holding unforgiveness towards you name it. And I forgive so-and-so. Or I forgive such and such. Maybe it was an event. And I ask that you bless them. And I thank you for blessing me in advance. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you just heal me right now. In Jesus' name. If you're here today, there'll be a prayer team to get to understand the mercy and the grace and the purity of God's sanctification and salvation. There's a prayer team that's here for you that just wants to come into agreement with you. So Father, we just thank you so much for being so graceful, so merciful. Thank you for purifying our hearts and Lord, help us to move beyond fear, doubt, and unbelief in Jesus' name.